Good Humans is a proud member of Accidental Information. For more info, visit accidentalinformation.com. Hello, people of Earth, and thanks for joining us again on Good Humans this week. I say this every week, but I'm so excited to introduce our guest to you. Uh, but before I do that, I just want to tell you really quickly about our Patreon page. Uh, check out patreon.com slash goodhumans and check out everything we're doing over there. We have some really cool rewards. We're trying to build some community. I'm really excited about it. I'm proud of it. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. So please check out patreon.com slash goodhumans. Uh, my guest this week is Jonders. Um, and you'll you'll find out more about him, obviously, when when we talk. But Jonders is a podcaster, sports writer, comedian, and has recently started a talk show, Late Night Style, at Chicago's I.O. Theater. He's doing a lot of really cool stuff. He's a very funny person, uh, very interesting person. And this was a really cool interview, really good conversation, different than most of the conversations I've had on the podcast, and I really enjoyed it. So I hope you do, too. Please enjoy my conversation with Jonders. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Good Humans. This is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. My name is Josh, and joining me this week is Jonders. Should I say your last name, too? Jonders is fine. Most people on okay. the internet don't know my last name. Jonders is fine. It's they're, okay. the true diehard Ford Fast Thinking fans know my last name, but that's all. That's all. It's, it's a right. special You're, treat that you get to, for actually knowing me or becoming my Facebook friend. Actually, my Facebook friends don't know my real last name because I inserted. I was going to say favorite, it's not even on there. Yeah, I inserted my favorite football yeah. player of all time's name <laughs> into my name. So um, I'm not in the lamb or anything. It's just you know, Jonders is fine. Sure, I'm the Beyonce okay. yeah. of being a low rent internet personality. <clears throat> perfect yeah. your audience knows you is yeah, the point i think and our audience will know you by the end hopefully so I, um, I love it so <laughs> so i'm really excited we um i i'm pretty sure the first time i met you was back when i was working with ben at national marketing group yes. uh, and we shot a i guess you'd call it a commercial and it's definitely not long enough to be a short film yeah but it was like it was longer than a commercial it was like a two Chow and a half minute uh ad for facebook for a local restaurant or local italian yeah. restaurant i've completely forgot about that I, I'm gonna dig yeah <laughs> that's that's um that's honestly one of my favorite things that we've done uh because like we we got to tell a story and like there was a lot of production that went into it um definitely gave me a lot of respect for videographers and actors both at the same time so that was fun um but that's so that's when we met and we've like i kept in touch here and there like through the years on social and stuff like that. But um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever you feel like we should know about you. That's super interesting. Cause my memory of meeting you for the first time was uh, <clears throat> that comic book store that used to work at. What was the name of that place? It shut down like pretty oh, soon yeah. after I started going there. Cause yeah. Amazing fantasy. Amazing fantasy. Yeah. Now I go to uh, cre- uh, creative comics, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought we met at amazing fantasy. I think I'm wrong though. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, I am a pretty much a content creator, uh, comedian in Chicago. I work with the IO theater. I have a podcast there. I have very exciting news. I can't share yet. And it's heartbreaking that I really want to get out there. I, I'm going to oh, say no. this. One of my life dreams is hope, like 99% about to come true at the IO theater. So stay tuned. If you're That's in awesome. Chicago, 
because I have uh, big news coming there. Uh, but when I'm not doing comedy in Chicago, I am a football personality online. Um, I watch every snap from every game for the past three years uh, because I'm terrified of somebody knowing more than me. So I put in all this work <laughs> into being the biggest football nerd. And uh, you've caught me on an interesting day because my favorite active football player, Russell Wilson, uh, has set a deadline today for his contract negotiations. And there's a lot of rumors about him maybe leaving the Seattle Seahawks. Maybe he's going to be a New York Giant. Uh, by the time we're done recording, he could be with a different team. This is a big football day. Interesting. Because the NFL right, owns well, the entire calendar. I don't know if you know this or not. They uh, The draft <laughs> is in a week. They they, yep. they don't let up. The NFL is a 24-7, 365 machine. I do I do know. So I'm, um, I think probably our listeners know that I'm not a, a big sports guy. Nothing against sports guys. I just, it's never been me. I tried really hard to be a sports guy in college. I memorized a lot of stats. I knew how to talk sports, but it's only because most of the people I knew were super into sports. So if I didn't know how to talk sports, there was nobody for me yeah. to hang out with. Um, <clears throat> I've since fallen off, but even I know as a not sports guy that, that football is always yeah. and forever. So, <laughs> Um, so we won't go too long then because it would, it would be terrible if you weren't on top of it when, when that goes down. So I, I, no, I actually, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate the distraction. It's a very stressful day because these these are things I I can imagine in life, you know, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I guess my next question is, I mean, I, even I know again that Russell Wilson has been with the Seahawks for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, how is it like. Are you heartbroken if he leaves them and goes somewhere else? Or? So my previous favorite player, uh, well, he's my, still my favorite player, but my uh, my first love was Brett Favre, and he was mm. traded to the Jets and later asked for his release, ended up with the Vikings. I, I'm a nomad. You know, I, I love the Seahawks. I'm a big fan of a lot of the players on the Seahawks. I actually get to play uh, Super Smash Brothers with the offensive lineman DJ Fluker because that's something that happens awesome. in my life, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of things that happen to me don't make sense and are weird and awesome. But um, I'll, maybe I would still root for the Seahawks more than I root for the Packers when Favre left. But um, I'll be going wherever Russ Wilson goes. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. What makes him your favorite player? Favorite active player. Um, I remember I was at an ex-girlfriend's house when he was in college, (coughs) and the announcers were talking about, well, you know, he's 5'10". You know, this is probably it for him. You know, you can't really imagine a guy who's 5'10". Or no, he was 6 foot. I think they were saying he's 5'11", but he went to the draft, and they said he was 6 foot. But I think they were saying he was 5'11", and the college broadcast. uh, They were playing Nebraska, I think Wisconsin was. And um, my ex-girlfriend, I was at her house playing some, like, complicated game with her grandparents that involved math. Like, it was some card <laughs> game. And I was like, I don't know math. I don't want to do this. So I started, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, this kid seems interesting, but they're right. You know, being 5'11", you're too short. You can't play quarterback. And then as the game went on, you know, he's making, he's dropping dimes. He's running for his life. And I, I started, I was, became enamored with him a little bit. And then through the draft process, um, there's these two guys, Rich Eisen and Mike Mayock. Um, Mike Mayock is now the general manager for the Raiders, but at the time he was the NFL Network uh, draft guru guy. And I'm watching the combine like I do every year, and they uh, start talking about how special on and off the field Russell Wilson is. And, um, huh. you know, they talk about his character, and they talk about how people around the NFL are kind of incredulous that this guy's this good of a person. So that piqued my interest again. Um, Really, I just kind of fell more and more in love with Russell Wilson up and through the draft, and then he was drafted by the Seahawks. I I wasn't a full hard Seahawks fan just yet, but then um, he won the job as a rookie. So he's a third round pick. They just paid in free agency this other quarterback, Matt Flynn, a ton of money. And mm-hmm. you know when you do that, you don't 
you know, the third round rookie doesn't beat out the guy that just, you just paid a bunch of money to, but Pete Carroll has this always compete mentality, you know, you know, it doesn't matter what your contract is. The best player gets to play, which is the way football teams should run. But, um, so that piqued my interest again. And then he started doing things like, uh, he, there's a story about how when he was a rookie, he went to the children's hospital on their off day on Wednesday and the nurses thought, you know, oh, it's nice that this rookie's doing this. And he's like, yeah, but I'll be here every Wednesday. So just, you know, if possible, he's, I don't think he's missed a Wednesday. And if he has, he's gone on that Tuesday or something. So That's on and off the field, he's just miraculous. But also uh, very similar to Brett Favre. He has this miracle kind of magic arm where the play's never over. Uh, the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago, he threw four interceptions in the first half and he pulls out this miraculous win. It's it's never boring with Russell Wilson, and he's such a great guy off the field. It's just super easy to root for him. That's awesome. Yeah, that's all the right reasons I think yeah. <laughs> to to like uh, an athlete. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> it so like being being the like the the type of person which I I think we're similar in this regard. Like the sort of an idealist. Like you you sort of or i could be wrong you may not be this way but my impression of you is this way like a lot of times you tend to see the world like as it should be not necessarily as it is and so like you're sort of drawn to like people that uh are aware of of probably aware of their influence and are using it for for good um, yeah, I'll, in their in their everyday life as well. Uh, I, for a long time, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's technically active anymore. But Brandon Marshall was all about you know football is his platform, not his passion. And uh, yeah, he yeah. was diagnosed with borderline uh, personality disorder. Uh, you know, about halfway through his career, and his career completely shifted after that. You know, before that, he was getting these dumb suspensions, and he was acting out in practice, and you know, whatever. But then uh, he sought help, and now he has the three, four, three. I don't, you get look it up. Just Brandon Marshall charity, uh, mental health. You'll be able to find it. Um, but hmm. now you know he, uh, mental health awareness and mental health. Uh, you know, um, advocacy. I don't know what the word is, but really Brandon Marshall's impact on my life cannot be understated because um, I probably had depression for my entire life and anxiety you know as good as early as back as you know in first grade i would need to have the nick i would have nick at night on in the background to fall asleep because i couldn't fall asleep yeah without my brain going like my brain was gonna go you know like my brain was either gonna yeah. think about like awful thoughts or repeat the line that george jefferson just said so at a young age i <laughs> chose you know george and wheezy's conversations over like my own messed up thoughts and i was probably yeah. 25 or 24 by time and it was a slow process for me because, you know, I, I was listening to Brandon Marshall, all that stuff. And like I got in his corner right away, like right away I got in his corner. But it still took me another maybe two years before I said, all right, it's time for me to take the lunch and go to the doctor. So yeah. I know it could be a, a long, arduous road for people. And it was for me, certainly. But, man, my life is so much better because Brandon Marshall decided that football wasn't his, you know, life's purpose and that his platform could be used for something yeah. good. Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. So let's, let's talk about this. Cause this, this is one of the things that, that I know we wanted to talk about and <clears throat> mental health is, is a focus for me. And, and I think for the podcast, one of our focuses this year, but it's interesting. You, you talk about falling asleep with the TV on in the background um, as a kid, because uh, so I'm, I'm 33 You're you're mid twenties yep. right now. Yep. So, um, and I, I just recently was diagnosed with a couple of things um, with uh, anxiety and ADHD, which apparently go hand in hand. I didn't 
know I I didn't know most of what I learned at the doctor um until he was talking to me about it cuz it's it's not a thing that people talk about openly and I think that's a shame but um I remember as a kid so I always thought that it was related to my upbringing too cuz I was I was brought up in a in an ultra conservative right wing very very far right wing Christian like fundamentalist home um it's by all rights a, a cult um oh, wow. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's called the independent fundamental Baptists and it's crazy. Um, so I like looking back on it, I always attributed my anxiety as a kid to that. Um, because there was a lot of like hellfire damnation type preaching. Like it was, it was scary for a kid, um, which I think was their point. But so I remember, (laughs) so there wasn't a lot of things that I was allowed to watch on TV. So my, my Nick at night as a kid was, um, like old time radio programs on cassette that my parents had and I could not fall asleep without something like that on at night for the same reason. My, my brain would just go places. Um, and so looking back on it now, like now that, you know, up to this point, I, I sort of just attributed it to, well, I was in a messed up situation and that's, it's crazy. So of course a kid would have anxiety and a lot of it probably is due to that. But, um, then apparently according to my doctor and, and like, a bunch of studies that I also didn't know exist because I never really looked into it either. Uh, anxiety is just a thing that some people have um, and are more prone to than others. Um, and it's just a matter of like, you know, brain development and body chemistry and a ton of other factors. Circumstances are, are certainly part of it. But um, <clears throat> can you like, is it looking back on it now? So like post uh, diagnosis, I guess, um, so, well, I'll just ask you about the moment of diagnosis because I, I had my own experience with that too. But like, so when you're talking to this doctor and so it's finally revealed that this is what's going on, was it like, for you, was it like, oh my gosh, this is such a relief because now at least I know? Um, or what was that moment um, like for you? Yeah, I don't know if you went in with any expectations, but I thought I was manic depressant because I thought I was somebody that was very kind of jovial and very excited and then had low lows. So I, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. But then... I was kind of surprised just that, you know, clinical depression and anxiety is what it came back with. Um, I don't I don't remember feeling any relief or anything. It was just kind of like, because by the time I went, I more or less knew <coughs> that something wasn't right. You know, I took so long to sure. get there that I knew this wasn't healthy. This isn't how people lived. Um, I, I don't remember feeling relief for anything, though. I just kind of remember thinking, all right, this is the next step. And because... Um, medication's great and everybody no one should be ashamed to be on the medication but i don't think it's a you know it's a i don't think it, it just going on medication i don't think that's enough you know you need to change right. the way uh i changed the way i eat i changed the way you know exercise i changed um i i changed a lot of things about myself you know if, if i viewed something as being a result of my depression i didn't do it now Maybe a month ago, I, I, I work pretty much nonstop. I rarely, you know, I catch I catch an hour here or there to play video games, but maybe a month ago, you know, the NFL season's over. There's kind of a lull in the comedy stuff. So I straight up spent 78 hours or something doing nothing but pl- playing Breath of the Wild. And it was great. And I know yeah. that, like, an outside view of that would, like, I would look depressed. But, it, you know, sometimes you have to treat yourself like that. I mean, sure. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling now. Um did I answer your question? No, no, it's great. I think so. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to say, so for me, like, especially with the ADHD stuff, uh, 
growing up, I just, and like, it, it wasn't just like learning. Um, like it wasn't just school that was affected. It was like personal relationships. Like I, I would totally blank conversations, like entire conversations. Um, I wouldn't remember events like that were coming up. Uh, I would forget keys all the time. I would leave stuff on top of my car. Um, and it was affecting like, not just like school, but like interpersonal relationships, which is originally why I went to the doctor. Cause I was like, if I just need like a, me- like a, a short-term memory supplement or something, like we got to do something about this. And then I just remember that moment where he was like, it was for, he didn't mean to sound flippant. It was just like, for him, it was like, oh, obviously this is what's going on. Like yeah. after we talked and ran some tests and things, he was like, oh, ADHD, you have ADHD. Like it's pretty clear. And, yeah, and that's kind of I, I, I remember that moment too. It was kind of just like, oh yeah, well you're clinically depressed. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just right, like cool. very matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I remember in that moment, um, like I almost cried because I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm not just dumb. You know, like th- it's not, there's a reason for that. I don't and think, then, like, I don't think I'm over that hurdle yet though. Cause I still no? view myself as like a very dumb person. And like, when I go to the IO, I'll talk to people and they'll say that I'm so smart. And like, I, you know, my comedy is very, you know, clever or whatever. And I'm thinking yeah. like, do you know who you're talking to? Like it definitely <laughs> messed me up when I was in high school. Cause I think all my teachers just thought I was just being a mopey teen and all this stuff. And it was like, no man, I was depressed. Like I had a chemical imbalance yeah. and like you guys were just being jerks to me. Like I had maybe three teachers yeah. I liked in high school, but the rest just hated me. And I don't know if they're to blame or not, but I don't know. I'm not saying they're not to blame. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, it, it certainly would make sense if they were at least a little, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, that's why I think it's such a shame that, that, this doesn't get talked about openly um, enough because it's not like you, it's not like we, we put so much morality on like things like mental health issues. Like we, we like pass moral judgment on it. Like when somebody is depressed for some reason, society as a whole, like it's getting better, but it's still not where it should be. But society as a whole is, is like, well, just be happier then. Yeah, just but I don't also, be depressed. I also wonder because like um, my cousin, I looked up to my cousin and my brother. They were seniors when I was a freshman in high school, and uh, their friend Ben Schwartzman, who I looked up to because I played guitar, and he played guitar, and he was awesome. Like he was writing, recording <laughs> CDs, and I just loved all his music. He committed suicide when I was a sophomore, and wow. then uh, our, my friend Jeff Pasco, he overdosed on heroin. I think I was a f- senior then, and he would have been a freshman in college, maybe. I don't know, because I had these things going on. And then I had this different family thing that I'm not going to get into at all. But, like, my teachers knew about this family thing that was happening. So I had these yeah. reasons to be sad. But they weren't yeah, the for reason sure. why I was sad. And I think it was kind of hard for... I Because I wonder if I didn't have these exterior things going on, if teachers would have been like, maybe there's something going on. But maybe they just all thought, like, well, he had a couple of shit cards dealt to him. And now, you know, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I feel like even at that though, um, compassion is probably a reasonable thing to expect. Um, you know, from from teachers especially, but like even you know your 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 yeah. Because after Ben died, I was a wreck for a while, and uh, I was in vocational graphics. Uh, and, and this great guy, Mr. Anwar, was the teacher, and he just saw I was kind of not doing anything. And his solution is very old school, but he was like, just he would just give me projects. He would give me busy work, and yeah. 
um, he took me on the hall and he told me about a family member of his who took his own life and then, you know, he would give me busy work. So there were people when I was uh, uh, adolescent that were trying to help me out. But in totality, I don't think high school is a great experience for me. Yeah. Do, and you feel like that's, I mean, that speaks to a whole other issue, right? Like he, he probably was sincerely trying to help. I think so. hundred percent. And just didn't know how. Yeah. No, hundred you know percent. I, mean? I think he was trying to help. So like what's, I don't think he, I don't think you know, he had the resources to help though. You know, I don't know what Mr. That's what I, yeah. could have done. You know, I think he yeah. did everything he could have done. He was great to me. Um, I remember, I, I, yeah, he was just, he was a great guy. I, I think he did as much as he could have. How do you, how do you think we make that better? I mean, is it like, I think it we... has to be different today just because we talk about it so much. I think now when I, I went to the guidance counselor when I was in a sophomore after Ben died and, uh, she made it like a, like she was like, and then when the, and she made a choking noise, like, so she's talking about somebody who I looked up to and on a great day would consider a friend, you know, cause I didn't consider him mm-hmm. a friend so much as somebody who was like a mentor to me or somebody who was a role model to me. And she was doing sure. a, like a choke sign to, to, uh, recreate him hanging himself. And I remember looking at her thinking wow. like, there's, there's nothing we are going to accomplish here. Like, and I think, I don't know what I think. I, I think she wasn't up for the job that day. And I don't know. That's crazy. That's it's crazy to me to think th- that a guidance counselor would think that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure she had to have regretted it at the moment after she did it. Right. I mean, it was so you off would assume. the board. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So is it, I mean, I, I just wonder, I, it's been a long time since I've been in high school, but I, I hope that there's like training maybe for teachers at this point to like, man, I don't know. That's, it's a shame that 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 was your experience. I'm I'm glad you ha- have since you know gotten help and like are are able to sort of navigate some of this stuff. But um, I so going back to your your point about like not feeling like you are still like less than or or stupid. Do you feel like some of that comes from? I don't think I think you're brilliant. By the way, I think it's obvious for Thanks, anybody man. that knows anything about you that you are um you've built like an amazing brand with forward pass thinking and you're doing awesome stuff with io um that we're going to get into too but do you do you think it's partially because of the depression and is it like imposter syndrome like what's going on it's it's interesting that you bring up imposter syndrome but i i think it's still the depression winning a little bit right and then it's also um, being raised Irish Catholic, even though my parents were great, I think it just comes with the terrain a little bit, you know, just yeah, being yeah. Irish Catholic, it's just kind of, but also I wonder how much of it, I don't know, but uh, yeah, also I am very worried that people are going to find out. Like I said, like I watch every stand from every game. I study every game and it's because like, I don't want to be found out. You know, I'm so worried that somebody's going to just, you know, that I'm going to be given this opportunity. I talked about at the top at IO and someone's going to be like, no, he's not the guy. Like he's a big fake. And like, I'm so afraid of that. And that's what motivates me. I was talking to a friend, um, about, and he was talking about how, uh, his girlfriend's getting more confident and she's starting to, I don't want to say act out, but she's starting to, uh, behave differently. And I, and my suggestion was like, you know, being insecure can motivate you. And that's how I kind of try to frame it at this point for, 
you know, reasons to stay sane. So um, I'm just terrified of somebody knowing more about football than me. I'm terrified of somebody being funnier than me. I'm terrified of all these things. So that's what motivates me to work hard. And, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, because a lot of people don't have those fears and they work nine to five and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if a lot of, so when I tell people I have a football podcast, especially when I was an Uber driver and I would tell people that's what I did other than being an Uber driver, uh, a lot of times bro dudes would tell me, like, why do you get to have a football podcast? And the real answer is, well, <laughs> I bought a microphone. Like, that's the real answer. Yeah, because you're doing it. Yeah, like, nobody, yeah. like, I didn't. it wasn't decreed by some government official that John Ders gets to have a football podcast. It was, well... Right. Um, I know a lot about football. I'm not afraid to reach out to writers and different uh, NFL types, and uh, they, for some reason, agree to talk to me, and then I record it and put it out. That's, that's the hmm. reason why I get to do it. Um, so then also, like when I'm talking to like somebody like Mark Susser from NFL.com, who I look up to, and he isn't, he's a, just an immense talent. And uh, but I'm so afraid of somebody like him thinking like, oh, he's a phony. That like I need, I prep so hard for those interviews, and. Yeah. So the answer is, I think it might not be the worst thing that I think less than about myself. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel yeah. I it, it keeps you from getting complacent, I guess for sure. But yeah, um, then the challenge ends up being like balancing that to a healthy degree to where you're not, you know, because a certain level of confidence and and self love is good too. Um, so then the, the challenge is just balancing like those two, I guess. That, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. I, I <laughs> think I at least sort of seemed yeah. confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah my, Women my wife hasn't kicked me out yet, but yeah. I, I don't know if that's true either. Um, I, so where do you, uh, where do you like, where do you find yourself with like, um, do you have any like mental health practices that you, that you do to like, to, kind of keep yourself in a good space are you like do you do medication are you i I know you're it seems like you're exercising um i'm on lexapro um from last um halloween to last christmas i lost 35 pounds and it was kind of a thing where like i didn't even know i was fat you know what i mean like i didn't know i had 35 pounds to lose and then i was at a halloween party wearing my skin tight spider-man suit and like i was looking at photos that i was tagged in and i was like oh no I've become a <laughs> fat person, you know, and um, yeah, it, it was a wake up call for sure. So I think kind of exercising, eating healthier and working out now is a part of it. I'm on Lexapro, which is prescribed for my doctor. And um, I read more now. You know, I've always read comic books, but I'm reading more books. I've recently found out that uh, not recently, but I found out at some point where it's like only 35 percent of people who read kind of see an image in their mind's eye and the rest of you know, the 65% of people just hear the words in their head. I'm one of those 65% of people. So I, I don't read novels. I, I read collections of essays and I read stuff like that. And I love it. You know, I have a book right here. I'm reading about the history of uh, uh, Koji Kondo. I have a book about Koji Kondo here. He wrote all the Nintendo oh, music up until a couple of years ago. And I, yeah. I love stuff like this. It's just great. So um, learning what kind of books you like to read. And I think that's the reason why I like comic books is because the mind eye thing doesn't need to happen because I'm looking at this right. beautiful art by whatever artist is uh, doing that. So, um, yeah, I just learning because uh, I don't know if reading improves you. I, I know that's kind of the common you know, take, right. Is that, but, yeah. um, yeah, just, uh, kind of setting up healthy patterns in life. Cool. 
I think re- reading probably improves you as long as you're open to being improved. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that. just the act itself probably does. <laughs> um, I it's. I did not know that about the the thirty five and sixty five percent. Those split. percentages might be a little um, off, but it is something like that. <clears throat> it is where like only certain number of people see the mind eye thing. I didn't know that. I so I'm definitely one of those people. Um, I guess I'd be in a thirty five percent, which I guess makes sense. My, you know, historically um, up to the last like few years, I mostly read fiction books. Um, and just in the last few years, my my interests have shifted a little bit, so I, I read a lot of nonfiction now. But um, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, and I also – I like what you said earlier about medication is – because I agree. Medica- like being on med- There's nothing wrong with being on medication. If, if your doctor prescribes it, if it's helping you, that's awesome. Um, but I, I do agree that it's only part of the solution, right? If it's – that's – I feel like the way I look at it is medication helps you um, sort of get out from under the immediacy of of some of the things that you may be feeling so that you can then start to develop other tools and things that also help with what's going on. Is that is that kind of how you look at it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, well, cool, man. I, I appreciate you talking about it. I, I know like it's it's personal for sure it's deeply personal so i appreciate you being willing to share but um like i said it's it's so important and it doesn't get talked about enough um so yeah i appreciate it are there any like um are there any like online resources or things like that that you've found helpful um or that you used at any point um that you think may be helpful to other people or like do you just would you say just talk to your doctor if you feel like anything at all might be wrong um, yeah, I would definitely suggest that. Um, I know it, the place I go to, uh, they have emergency slots. So if you ever have anything really oh, dire cool. come up, you can go in and talk to the doctor there. Uh, I don't really know. I don't have any internet resources that I use, really. It's just kind of, um, you know, I don't know, like the things I said. Talk to your doctor. Lay them out. Yeah, talk to your doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, cool, man. So we've we've talked a little bit about the like the NFL stuff, um, and you have a podcast called Forward Past Thinking. Um, and a website too, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I'm interested in, I, you, you've, have you always been interested in sports? Um, I was super into Brett Favre when I was in first grade. Uh, the first game I watched was Brett Favre versus the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Uh, I really wasn't interested in football before then because my, uh, drunk uncle who liked the bears would always just curse and yell racist things <laughs> on TV. And then I was like, well, that's what football is. I'm not about that. Sure. You know? But then watching Brett Favre run around and smile and having a gay old time just really lit a uh, little fire under me to watch football. And then about maybe fifth or sixth grade, I became a skateboarder. Didn't like it for four years about and then got back into football pretty hard. But um, like you, man, uh, maybe five years ago, I tried to get into baseball. Like I was going to buy some package on my – I had an Xbox uh, – 360 or xbox one at the time or something xbox one at the time and i was gonna buy the mlb package to watch all the games and you can't force yourself to be a fan of something you know it's just like yeah, you are yeah. you aren't so um yeah uh i've been so other than those four years i've really been into football cool and then what um i guess where did the idea where did the idea so i think i know where the name comes from but where where did the idea of like starting a podcast, getting into all this come from? Did it, was it just like, well, this is what I'm interested in. So why not? Um, 
one of my best friends, E-Money, uh, I really owe it all to him pretty much because like I've said, I've always been down on myself and he would tell me, you know, you know so much about this stuff, why not do it? You know, and after a while, I was like, you know what, but yeah, E-Money's right, I'm gonna do it. So it was pretty much just him telling me like not to be afraid, I guess, because cool. in my heart of hearts, being Rich Eisen is something I've always wanted to be. And uh, he just kind of instilled this confidence in me over a long stretch of time that eventually I did it. So, yeah, it's all owed to e-money. Having good friends and people that support you is very important. It's something we talk about at the or they instill at you at the I.O. Theater, too, and pretty much anywhere creatively. Like, if don't be around people who are negative and cynical and want to break you down. Only be, like, surround yourself by people who maybe aren't necessarily yes people, but will encourage you. And, you know, if something's not right, they'll tell you, well... Maybe you need to change this, but I like where you're going with that. You know, don't surround yourself with negative people. It's my biggest advice for anybody. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and it there is a huge distinction between just surrounding yourself with yes men and surrounding yourself with like quality, honest people, um, but people that also you know genuinely care about you and are rooting for you and will support like a, a dude. Venture, I, I had you know? a I had a friend. Uh, I, I've had a friend since sixth grade. We've been really good friends. And then about two years ago, we were at a Chili's getting lunch because, you know, we have lots of money and that's what we do. And he was just <laughs> talking a bunch of shit about forward pass thinking. And I was like, dude, I can't do this right now. I was like, well, who's even been on? And I looked at the TV and I was like, that guy. Because Adam Rank was on the TV and he's been on the podcast numerous times. He's like, well, who would even know who that is other than some drunk degenerate who's at Chili's? I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> who else? And then Matt Harmon was on TV and I was like, that guy, Matt Harmon. And... I don't know what he could have been thinking because the two people that were on TV, had, you know, I have their cell phone numbers in my phone, you know, which is another crazy thing yeah. about my life. I have all these people's cell phone numbers that they, I don't know why they trust me. It's so cool. But, um, I, I just stopped talking to him for a year and now we're on good terms again. But like, I don't know, like you just can't, I can't have that negativity like weighing down on me. Like I just need to be free of that stuff. Yeah, man. I, I hear you. Um, but first of all, I don't know why would I just, I always wonder, I, I, I always wonder about people that, that do things like that. And I'm like, one, you just are like, you're a, a, a psycho and you have no like filter and you don't, you just don't care about the effect you're having on somebody or you're jealous um, that well, somebody else is being successful he, with something. Yeah. At the time he had just impregnated a girl who he was seeing for a few weeks and that relationship was going south and he wasn't happy with his job. Now he has a girlfriend that he likes and things are better with him having a kid. So he's much easier to be friends with now. (laughs) And I would have liked to help him kind of through that, but it was also a thing where I don't know, you can only be friends with people who want to be your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm healthy boundaries are good, right? Like you, in order to, to help other people, you got to help yourself first. Yeah. Um, if your tank's not full, you can't help anybody else. So, People of Earth, this episode of Good Humans is brought to you by Accidental Information. Accidental Information is an amazing, inspirational organization that is actually run by Christopher Swan, who was a guest in last season of this show. What he's doing with this organization is helping each and every one of us celebrate what makes us different and then use that to improve our personal lives and our careers. I love this organization so much, and it's not just because we just joined their podcast network. It's because each and every article and show that they have contains directly applicable and practical advice that will improve your personal life or your career. 
I love the articles that they post, such as how binge watching helps you live a better life, five amazing people who have used adversity to spark creativity, five ways to learn from every podcast you hear, how to tap into your creativity, and so many more. If you're interested, you should check out accidentalinformation.com and tell them good humans sent you. Uh, so you start the podcast, um, and did you like, the did you start it with goals in mind or was it just like Jim O'Hare and that's uh, incredible. Yeah. Jim O'Hare from Parks and Rec. And the reason I got him was because my mom works with his sister at the local power company. So that was something huh. that I was banking on for a long time. Like, you know, I had an entire summer and I was going to, I was, I'm going to launch before week one or whatever I did. And like, I'm going to launch with Jim O'Hare and it worked out like that. Also, um, yeah, actually, so get to get to your question, I did, I wrote down maybe the names of 15 people, of people who would be great guests, and I haven't, I, maybe I should go find that list now, but I'm pretty sure all those names have been crossed off, but a thing That's that really cool. helped me a lot, especially in the early days, is that Twitter is such a garbage fireplace, right? So <laughs> if you tweet something out, especially if you're famous, you know, you're going to get 30 people saying like, you're a jerk, this take sucks, blah, 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 whatever. What I've always done, and not to help myself, but just because I enjoyed the content these people were creating, I would every once in a while be like, oh, great article. I really like that you brought up this point that, you know, really changed the way I thought about a thing. Just because like, I figure I'm, I'm getting so much enjoyment for free from these people and I know they're getting paid, whatever. I don't know. But, um, it just, they're getting so much garbage online. Like why not be, you know, the Gandhi thing, be the change you want to see in the world. So like I would tweet them, whatever. And then when I had the podcast, some, you know, after, you know, I would tweet at these people and then they would know who I am because I'm the guy who was saying nice things to them for the past four years or however long they've been on Twitter and I've been on Twitter. So, um, yeah. Uh, so the goals were to try to actually, so, and to get back to a, a previous topic, the goals were to get X, Y, and Z, all these people I admired from the media, but also I figured, because the mental health stuff is something I talk about every now and then on forecast thinking, but mm-hmm. kind of the goal was like, all right, because I like it, it, this all wraps up because like me being a very low self-esteem and, you know, self-worth or whatever, I kind of the goal at the beginning was, well, I'm going to do this and it might be embarrassing. Like it might be a spectacular failure. You know, people from, I know from high school might be making fun of me, which they definitely were. And, <laughs> but the idea kind of I had at the beginning was, well, if I can put out this dumb football podcast and get to meet a couple of my heroes who are NFL writers and also maybe one person out there could hear me talk about mental health and could kind of change their viewpoint on it and get them on meds or kind of get them in a better spot, then everything's been worth it. You know, obviously yeah. things, I don't know. Uh, I've been reached out to a couple times. The one that stands out the most is this guy, um, a military man reached out to me and, you know, he said that I was courageous or whatever and how he doesn't know, you know, but I'm kind of patting myself on the back here a little bit, but like my point is, is like, it's, it's, it's gone past the goals. I'm patting myself on the back again. I don't know. Ask me something else. No, you should. Yeah, you should. Um, no, cause I like, I'm, I'm super impressed. I like, obviously I do a podcast too. Um, and it's just, it's cool. First of all, it's, it's, I like the community. I like yeah, yeah. being a podcaster. Um, and I like finding other podcasters, but then it's, it's also cool. I just, I love when I like see another podcaster, especially if it's somebody that I know, um, and they're making moves and doing cool stuff. And I like, I've been really impressed watching from afar, 
um, sort of uh, like seeing some of the stuff you're doing. It's, it's really cool. Um, you recently uh, were asking coaches about their, their Pokemon knowledge. Um, where did that idea come from? Um, well, the idea was just kind of, all right, I live two hours away from Indy. All the head coaches and GMs are going to be there for this five-day stint. And I was lucky enough to get my friend Lee Gomez to go down with me to hold a camera for one day. So we mm-hmm. went down there, and we were just going to ask dumb questions. Like, So for Ron Revere of the Panthers, I asked him, you were in a Pepsi ad this year. Uh, when I was a child, I won the Gravitron and drank two liters of Pepsi and puked everywhere. What are your thoughts? And it was kind of just like <laughs> that. And the Pokemon thing I had prepared for Sean McVay, who's the Rams head coach, because he's a millennial. Yeah. So I was going to be like, yeah. you're a millennial and an NFL head coach. Who's your favorite Pokemon? But then um, I kind of didn't have anything prepared for a lot of people. So um, the Pokemon thing just kind of seemed like an easy laugh, right? So Because then, you know, when he asked yeah. John Dorsey, he's like, oh, that's those trading card things that my son liked. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, some people had more fun with it than others. Um, I think I upset, um, I can't think of his name right now. The Atlanta Falcons head coach. I upset him because I said he looks just like Matt Bryant because the the ticker. Oh, they I remember. Cut, yeah, I remember like, that because like they both have a goatee and they're bald white guys. So like they look pretty much identical. Yeah. And he was not upset that I, or he was upset that I brought that up. But um, yeah, Thomas Dimitrov, the Falcons GM, he liked me more. He was into it. So some of the coaches That's played funny. ball. Some of the GMs played ball. Like uh, Ron Rivera of the Panthers was really nice. So some of them were up for it. Some of them weren't. But um, to get it back on my soapbox. I couldn't be the only blogger or podcaster that lives within two hours of Indy. And I'm yeah. pretty well tapped into the like the sub football Twitter, like kind of the more up and coming football Twitter guys. And I didn't see anybody else drive out there. So, you know, it's kind of a part of the yeah. whole thing. Like, you know, go put yourself out there. Go, you know, I don't know. Yeah, go do it. hundred percent, dude. And I like I you. So that video, when when you posted that video, that video got passed around by at least five or six of, of my Facebook friends. Um, and I, so I know if, if they were passing it around, a bunch of other people were too. Like it got posted in a couple of groups I'm in, um, things like that. So it's like, it was, it was a cool, that was a cool thing. Um, yeah, I think we're, and up you're right. To, like, I don't know how many views there's not, a, up to there's not a lot Twitter. of other people doing that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know but, why, man, like it, the opportunity's right there. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> You're so you're like you're you're doing this podcast. You've got the website that you you write on pretty regularly. Um, and at so and and your first guest is is um, Jim O'Hare, who for Jim, right? Yeah. Um, for for anybody that is not familiar with who he is, he's he's Jerry slash Jerry, Gary slash Gary, yeah. Larry. We make that uh, on Parks and Rec. Um, so then. Uh, and then you've got guests on pretty regularly. So like, how is it just, is it just the fact that you're like, you're constantly interacting online and then reaching out to these people? Like, how are you making inroads? Like just cause it, like to, to an outsider, right. It's like, Oh my gosh. You know um, like, how do you make this happen? Cause these are like well-known like public figures. These are like, you know, this is a big yeah. deal. So for Rich Eisen, who's my idol, right? He's my, you know, broadcasting North Star. He has the Rich Eisen show every day, every weekday for three hours. And they often talk about how they're close to LAX. (coughs) So it was actually, uh, I think it might have been a year to this day where 
Um, I fly out to LA to see my buddy Matt Sharp, and because we've been talking about seeing Conan for the last six years or something, and this, because he's lived in LA for six years, and one day I got us the Conan tickets, bought the plane ticket, and called him and said, "Hey, man, I'm coming." And then he said, "No, right, yeah, okay." Um, Matt Sharp is very <laughs> mellow. He's a mellow guy. That's a, that was about that's the best reaction I was gonna get. That was but, excited for him. <laughs> so Monday he goes back to work. I purposely take the flight home at like six. So Monday morning, I Google AT&T Studios and I just go there because they have a set that's like the Today Show where they have windows. So I've met oh, cool. Rich Eisen okay. a couple times. When the draft was in Chicago, I met him both times. So two times there, I've met him at the Pro Football Hall of Fame a couple times. And I've called, he has a call-in show. So at that point, he knew who I was. He liked me, and we've had good interactions. You know, when I would call into the his call-in show, he would always say, "Oh, our buddy Jonders or whatever." So uh, when I show up there, I'm tweeting. I'm like, "Hey, I'm outside," and I'm like, "I'm waving in." And after they're done uh, taping that day, the, the producer says, "Hey, Jonders, come on." So uh, Chris Brockman brings me in. They tape some internet-only spot. I get a couple photos with Rich, and he's about to walk away. And I say, "Hey, Rich, actually, also I have a podcast, and you're because I also know." His biggest dream guest has always been John Stewart, and he always says John Stewart's my white whale. And so I said, "You're you're my John Stewart. You're my you know Moby Dick's white whale. You're the guy." And he, that's so cool. Yeah, he just kind of laughed and said, "All right." And then he asked me for my phone number, and then that was it. That's how I booked for Tyson. So it's not always that cool. difficult. You know, sometimes what I often do, and I don't know if I've said this on a podcast, but I'm willing to give this up. Um, I look to see who's on podcasts that I feel like are either on my level or below my level or slightly above my level and see what kind of guests they're bringing in. And if they bring in somebody that I'm very interested in talking to, I either go to Twitter or figure out what their email is or go to their website. I just write them an email and nine times out of 10, they'll respond saying, oh yeah, I'd love to do it. So um, it's a lot of lurking. It's a lot of uh, building seeds that you'll harvest many years later. It's, It's a lot of different things. Cool. Well, that's, that's awesome, dude. And this is all, this all came from a place of, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I know this stuff and I'm going to just take a shot. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, when I first started talking to E-Money about the idea of doing the podcast or the blog or whatever, he told me the story about how he was in a college class and, um, when the professor said you'd get so much extra credit, if you, the person who contacts the most famous celebrity can get extra credit. And nobody participated. And then he went on and about how easy it was, and especially with Twitter and all that. And yeah, I don't know. I it's not a lot of it. Also in my head is them paying it forward, and it's something I'm very conscious of. And um, yeah. I, whenever anybody asks me to be on a podcast, I always say yes if I can make it work. I 99% of the time say yes. I always uh, when different people are in the football Twitter sphere and they're trying to start a podcast, I give them all the information I have. I try to pay everything forward because. In my head, that's what Marcus took is doing of NFL Network. You know, right? Like him being mm-hmm. on my podcast is him paying it forward because somebody else uh, said yes to him when he reached out. So yeah. um, it's all about paying it forward and you know, a, you know, trying to be a nice guy. I think. I love that dude. Um, <clears throat> what? Uh, so, how long have you had the podcast? Um, I think this will be this will be the fourth season. So coming up, this will be the fourth season. So we've had it for three NFL seasons so far. Yep. That's awesome. Um, what do you have any, like, do you have, have you like reset? Do you have any goals like moving forward? Um, like for this year, or, like the next few years? Um, I think 
forward pass thinking might have, I don't want to say peaked, but I'm not sure what more I could accomplish after having the guests I've had on and stuff. I've parlayed that into having a comedy podcast that's produced by the IO Theater. So I have a comedy yeah, podcast yeah. that explores, uh, you know, the improv co- comedy scene in Chicago. And uh, I've also parlayed that into the dream job that I'll be having at the IO that's 99% certain. I really wish it was 100% certain, but right now it's <laughs> only 99% certain. But now um, I kind of think of Ford Pass thinking as more of a resume and a platform than anything else it's yeah. something i still love doing and it's still an excuse to talk to my favorite nfl media types and just also the friends i've made over the last three years you know i've made some great f- football friends over the last three years so i don't know how what the goals are for four past thinking at, at this point but it's definitely i view it more as a launching pad at this point yeah i was gonna say i think i think um that's that's totally reasonable like it's it's kind of open up av- other avenues and other doors um and it's still going strong. So because that's like awesome. for the, I'm just gonna say what the dream job is. I'm just gonna say it. I, I I've always wanted to be a talk <laughs> show host, like a Conan or whatever. Okay. So uh, Dave Damashek of NFL.com, he used to write for Kimmel, and so he's friends with Kimmel. So when I'm pitching to IO this talk show that I want to do, and then in the packet I get to say like one of my football podcasting mentors is Dave Damashek, who is friends with Jimmy Kimmel. That doesn't hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know the guy who knows Kimmel, and I've already asked Dave Damashek for advice, and he he gave me a bunch of uh, wonderful insights of uh, of things I wouldn't have known otherwise. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's a connection building thing too. But man, yeah. I I yeah, I mean, having people like Damashek in your corner is just unbelievable. That's so cool. And who knew when you started a football podcast three and a half years ago that that it would turn into all this other stuff that's so cool yeah um so let's talk about the io theater and and what you're doing with them um so you're doing you you're doing stand-up right as as like part of all the stuff you're doing i, yeah, I saw yes you had a show no. recently yeah the show that i had recently uh i'm in i'm in an improv team but i think that show um was a charity event uh that helped out some different uh charities around chicago that helps the homeless people cool. out it was a 48 hour thing um i was asked from a friend um from middle school and high school who has been doing improv in the city much longer than i have uh to donate my time at 4 a.m which you know it's exactly <laughs> where i want my comedy career to be is the 4 a.m shift you know it's perfect yeah yeah but um yeah so uh, i do some stand-up but mostly i'm an improviser Cool. And then, and then you do the podcast as well. Yeah. Right. Um, so and different people from around the IO theater. Yeah. And you, you pitched that podcast to them. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a thing where I pitched the idea of the podcast to them and kind of told them what kind of style interviews I wanted to do. And, uh, I kind of pitched it as the Nintendo power for the IO theater. So people who are interested in the IO can learn all about the IO and kind of that's clever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, initially I was told, well, no, because, you know, we're not really launching new shows right now. And then I was like, well, you know, this, 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 and this. And then they were like, all right, fine, you know, whatever. So then I got an interview. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I started uh, recording that in December. We're on episode 18 now. So it's pretty good. We're pretty uh, far into the run. I'm really excited. It's really cool. It's really exciting. Um, and the IO, is it, I, I knew that they did um, like improv too. Is, it, is that mainly like, is that sort of their bread and butter? Like it's, it's, uh, improv groups, right? Different yeah, groups. it was it was called the Improv Olympic before they were sued by the Olympic uh, company. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's so. bizarre. That's so bizarre. The the uh, Olympic people hold that copyright very close. They'll they'll sue anybody. Better watch Crazy. out. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I I won't call 
uh, if I ever have an event, I won't call it the podcasting Olympics or anything. Do not, because um, you will get sued. Because apparently that's that's off limits. So, um, so what are the uh, like? Tell us a little bit about the the types of interviews interviews you're doing with um, the IO Theater, um, and kind of like just give us a feel for like what you're covering there, um, and then we'll we'll see if we can send people from our audience over to forward pass and, and IO both. I kind of, uh, describe the interview style I do for the IO as kind of roller coastery. It goes from very okay. rapid and stupid to very like deep and kind of, cause the kind of questions you were asking, I like to kind of jerk the audience around and the, and the interview around. So we'll go from something stupid that I made up like, Oh, I heard you're a world renowned dancer. So I'll ask that question and like, they'll have no idea. They'll either yes and it and say like, oh yeah. Or they'll be like, what are you talking about? But then uh, I'll find something more serious to talk about. You know, so maybe then we would talk about your ADHD and all that stuff. But then we would go right back into like, oh, is it true that uh, you met met Bill Cosby and and you're really ashamed that you told him you were his hero or that he was your hero? Like, aren't you ashamed (laughs) about that now? So like, we'll kind of like do this jerk neck style interview there. So at the end of the day, I would like people to be entertained, but also maybe learn something about the human condition. How about that? I like that. I like that. Um, it's yeah, it's entertaining, but it's still, you know, you're still covering stuff that matters, which is awesome. Um, who's your, uh, like, who are, who are some of the guests that you've had on so far? Um, so it's pretty much, uh, Chicago, uh, improvisers. So my favorite interview so far has been Gretchen Ang. She was great. Um, also the Damon Royster interview was great. He is a, uh, a gay performer in, in the city. And I was able to ask him, how did your parents, how'd your parents react when you came out as an improviser? And <laughs> I was a little worried, but he liked that question. So it was good. But, um, there are some good that's people awesome. on, um, yeah, I don't know because I'm trying to think of like the biggest name, but that's not really the point of that podcast. It's more about learning about the community. Right. And it's uh, the thing about the IO uh, podcast is that in a year I'll be able to say Gretchen Ang, you know, now, you know, in a year from now she'll be on Saturday Night Live or whatever, but now I, yeah. now, so it's more of a kind of getting to know these people before they break out because, yeah, I mean, the people have gone through I.O., the list is unbelievable. So at some point, these people are going to catch on just like Stephen Colbert did or Seth Meyers did or Amy Poehler sure. did. So uh, right now, they're, 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 little, they're little nobodies, but they're going to be big somebodies very soon. That's really cool, dude. Yeah. What, um, so now that you're, you're three and a half, four years into like the podcast thing, you've been interviewing people for a while, do you ever go back to like your early stuff and I, just kind of like no i, you know I don't I mean? cringe no because i actually re-released the jim o'hare episode of four past thinking on the comedy feed because i was like I, this just fits better this is more of the kind of thing i would do on this feed and i listened back to it it wasn't bad i don't think and uh, I've listened to that episode. I don't think it's bad at all. Yeah, and um I took it very seriously from the beginning. Like do you do you um how did you get prepared to become an interviewer? Because I watched just a ton of Larry King. Like I just watched all the Larry King I could. I watched, you know, I've been obsessively watching Conan since I was a child. I watched the mm. first 200 episodes of The Tonight Show. I watched the first 100 episodes of Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show. I watched the first 100 episodes of Late Night with Stephen Colbert. I And also, uh, Colbert stuff on The Colbert Report, him talking to the camera, nobody talks into the camera better than Colbert. So he's yeah. somebody who I've always modeled my stuff after. And, um, I, you know, who's really great at their job who I think doesn't get credit 
but he definitely gets paid. He gets compensated well, but I don't think he gets the credit. But Ryan Seacrest, what he does, he's just yeah. There's a reason why he gets paid so much because he's the best at what he does. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of the Ryan and Kelly stuff or the Kelly and Ryan stuff, so I'm not sure about on that. But the red carpet stuff and the idol stuff, there's nobody who does it better than him. So um, I've always taken it very seriously, and I've always because it goes back to being insecure and all that stuff. So. How are you going to learn how to interview people? Well, you're just going to watch every episode that is available of, of Larry King talking to people. And when he talks about interviewing people, and I don't religiously stick to that stuff because he doesn't talk about himself and that's not really my persona, you know? So obviously I'm a comedian. Right. I'm not Larry King. So there are rules that I break, but I know I'm breaking them and I know why I'm breaking mm-hmm. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's it's all about, it's your voice, not, you know? Yeah. Uh, ripping off somebody else. It's funny you mentioned that because I like I um, even as a kid I was obsessed with with talk radio. Okay. Um, and so I would listen to talk radio all the time with my dad, um, even on my own. And then I would watch anytime I got a chance. I would watch late night shows, um, which wasn't often, but I I would when I could. Uh, and then like a lot of the podcasts even that I listen to um, and have listened to for years are like interview style, um, very talk show style. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like maybe subconsciously I've like picked up maybe some of that over the years. Um, it's at least what I enjoy. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. You talk about like watching those guys and, and picking things up from them. You know who I think is brilliant. I think Ryan Seacrest is brilliant because he's, he's the, he is the ultimate, like, um, personable makes people comfortable, just so comfortable. Um, and he's, he relates so well to everybody he talks to. The other person I think is brilliant uh, at that is um, uh, Pete Holmes. Um, Pete Holmes had a like a late night show. I guess you call it a late night show. Yeah, he was on for a while. But he's got a podcast now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's so he's just like that. He's best friends immediately with anybody he talks to, and not like uh, not like in a forced like fake way. It's very it's very genuine. He's just so genuinely interested in everyone. Um, yeah, but, so if yeah, you go and listen cool. to IOU in an interview, you'll because a lot of times they start off with me purposely not getting the guest's name right, me attributing <laughs> something to them that isn't true, and th- there's but there's a huge difference between knowing you're breaking a rule and just breaking a rule. Right. So like right. it's kind of a mind game that I get to play with the guests a little bit, and I usually kind of set them up and tell them beforehand like, hey, because if they don't know me, I'll say something like, hey, I'll, I'll be playing a jerk, you know, whatever, but. I, I kind of I I, I I play with I play with the rules a little bit and, but uh, one of my favorite improvisers here in Chicago Brad Pike he does that in improv so well where he'll break the rules but he knows he's doing it and it's really when people ask me about my stand-up career I'm using air quotes my my thing that I'm most frustrated with is that I'm not good at it enough to be bad that's where I want to be yeah because I want to yeah. be so good that I'm able to be bad. And uh, I feel like I've gotten to that place with interviews where I can be a bad interviewer, but it's so This is like what like, uh, Colbert was doing with the Colbert Report. Not anymore, but right. he's interviewing people. He's purposely doing a bad job, and he's doing it in a way that was great. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's very subversive. Like, you're still getting good stuff. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's what's the what would you say like the biggest
the Gretchen Amy interview I talked about, I said something like, what am I made up of? Uh, so it says here, you were raised uh, by wolves from age three and a half to seven. Is that, uh, is that why you can try as a attack mentality? And she goes on to say, well, you know, the end of the day, you know, you know, And then that dance thing I said, I said, that's a serious thing. He's a social director at I.O. He's on the team. said, oh, so I think maybe you're a wolf. podcast never i'll never send a rundown and i just want to have them as a guest yeah. if they want to run down because um you know you, you learn the most about somebody and you're most entertained by somebody when they're caught off guard and maybe because that's you know what's yeah. that show um on on youtube with the the guy who has the the hot sauce on the chicken wings oh hot ones that yeah he gets the best interviews out of people because they're so yeah, focused dude. on their mouth being on fire that they don't care about what they're saying so yep, yeah it's brilliant yeah that guy's yeah. genius i he is. That's that's why. Like, I I tell people. I tell my guests. Like, we we were talking beforehand. Like, I try to keep it as conversational as possible. Um, and I I think to some people it may come off as as lazy. Like, I just don't want to prepare. But it's because I like I prefer to have a genuine conversation. And if I tell you everything I'm going to talk about before we talk, it's not going to be a genuine conversation. You're you're going to be fixated on making sure you get just the right answer or come off just the right way instead of just talking. Um, yeah, because and I, I, I think it's so I, much more valuable. If I wasn't me and I didn't have the four years of experience when you were talking about some of this, no, cause you gave me very loose, very loose outline, just maybe one or two topics you wanted to touch on. And if it wasn't yeah. me, if it was somebody else, I bet they would have spent the rest of the day going like, Oh, I could talk about this. I can talk about this. But me, I was like, mm-hmm. I have stuff to write. You know, I'm not going to focus on that until it happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's perfect. Um, all right. So the one question that I do ask everyone, uh, that comes on the podcast podcast is called good humans. Um, so the question I ask is, uh, from your perspective, in your opinion, what is being a good human? What does that look like? Um, I try to do it by, uh, the first anniversary show I had for the podcast. We did a telethon type thing for St. Jude. Um, you know what? I, the, the honest answer to this question is, and I've talked about this on IOU and interview a couple times, but I'm a Catholic, but really my religion is Spider-Man. You know, with great power must also come responsibility. The must also is very important to that sentence and it was left off by the Raimi mm-hmm. films. So with great power must also come responsibility. So it's not thrust upon you. You must do it. Right. And everybody has some level of power, right? <coughs> so whatever threshold of power you have, it's your responsibility to do that much good in the world. And there's another reason why Into the Spider-Verse got what I love about Spider-Man perfectly because that's always been my takeaway is that I read these Spider-Man books because they're fun and they're cute little adventures or whatever. But at the end of the day, it shows somebody struggling to do good, 
right? Mm-hmm. And um, the idea that Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and like that's his cross to bear always rubbed me the wrong way. And now the end of this movie ending with anybody can wear the mask is just... Yeah, it, it couldn't have been more perfect from my perspective of what I love about Spider-Man is because, yes, everybody in the theater should be wearing the mask. You know, if whatever your opportunity to do good is, is the amount of good you should be doing. That's a great answer. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. There's I mean, there's not really a wrong answer to that, but I, I love that answer. Um, would you say you're a good person? No, I, I don't live up to it enough. I, I don't think I'm a good person. Really? I don't know. I, I for the record, I think you person? are. You know, I don't know. Well, no, I just, I, I like to ask because um, it's interesting to, to get people's perspective and viewpoints, but I, for the record, I think you're a good human. That's why you're on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Um, the only good people I think you are doing good, good humans world, are allowed on? Uh, I mean, I, I've so far only had people on that I think are good humans, but, um, you know, who knows? In the future, I might have somebody on and be like, this is an example of what not to be. Um, can, I ask you the question, yet, can I ask you the question I ask at the end of the IOU and interview show? Uh, sure. A, do you think you'll die? And B, how would you like to be remembered if you do die? A hundred percent, I will die. Okay, that's what um, most people think, yeah. <laughs> uh, I Man, the way I want to be remembered. Um, I, I think the way I want to be remembered is having... A while back, my last job, uh, one of our employees um, had a terminal illness uh, for a long time and passed away. Um, And so uh, we had her son uh, over to the office and we just kind of took a few hours out of the day to to memorialize her. Um, We painted an entire wall in the office um, and, and put a character caricature of her on the the wall and, and her name and then what they had everybody do is write um because her thing was you know like uh living joyfully and living fully um and living you know what you like to do like what your passion is um and so they had us all write what we're passionate about on the wall and so that was kind of a moment for me where i was like i what am i passionate about i like i i would say i'm a passionate person but mm-hmm. I, i've never really had to crystallize it before um so I, I think my answer would be what I wrote on that wall, which is helping other people uh, pursue their passions. Um, I like I like talking to people like you that are doing things in the world and like telling other people about it because I think it's awesome. And I, I would love for more people to know about you know what you're doing. But um, yeah, so I, I think I think helping helping other people pursue what they're passionate about. That's great, man. That's awesome. Yeah. But you're you're not supposed to be interviewing me. I'm supposed to be interviewing you. I can't help you. it. I can't, you know, four years, man. I can't help it. I, I think um, I did a good job of not asking you questions, by the way. It's hard for me. You to did. Just, it's hard. It's so hard for me to just sit here and not talk or not ask questions. It's it's hard. Yes. I um I can relate. I was recently on uh, a buddy of mine's podcast. Um and it's it's not easy being on that side of things when it's usually yeah it's just because i I get so interested in different things and i want but it's kind of a weird humbling thing too where it's like no the focus is on you (laughs) because you're so used to putting the focus on the guests so then like Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's weird yeah yeah i so real quick i want to go back to you saying you don't think you're a good person um because i I, like i think you are and i think anybody that knows you would would say you are a good person you know i i don't i i I appreciate that but like where do you think like I'm just, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Where do you think it comes from when you say, no, I'm not. Is it, do you have a standard for yourself that you feel like you're not hitting or it's probably just being raised Irish Catholic. 
you know, <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. Because <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just the, the same with like far right Christianity, like outside of like the same with Protestantism. I think for the most part, any Protestant you ask is is going to say, "No, I'm not a good person. I'm I'm scum of the earth or whatever." Um, um, I don't it's know. Just I, I think it's me. along the lines of I was asked uh, a couple weeks ago if I had any regrets and how you should live your life without regrets, and I was like, I have plenty of regrets. What are you talking about? And I was like, this person was telling me about how she doesn't have any regrets, and I was like, What do you talk? How do you not have any regrets? I, I think regret, that's like, sad. Maybe yeah, because like I regret things all the time. I'm kind of regretting bringing this up. You know what I mean? Like I just <laughs> I can't help it. It's yeah, man. I I think living without regret is um. There's that like there's that like tattoo no regrets. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think that's kind of bullshit, dude. I, like, regrets are good. Yeah, if I I think if you have no regrets, you didn't you didn't take any chances. Yeah, and, and that's so thing, sad. Like, where you know, I, I don't even know if I'm good at stand up. I go up there, I get laughs sometimes. Other times, I just bomb and. Like, yeah, like, it's 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 hard to go up there. <laughs> but, you know, I actually I, I've told this to people before. And I think if we kind of want to put a bow on this whole thing, it's depression has made me learn how to fail. And failing isn't a skill set a lot of people have. So I'm able to go uh, be on an improv team or go ask somebody to be on my podcast or go do stand up and bomb and get up the next morning because I've been failing my entire life. So, uh, learning how to mm-hmm. fail, I think is a skill that some people can, uh, can improve themselves with by learning. That's really good. I, I agree. And, um, yeah, that, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. That's, that's an excellent thought that, I mean, not that the rest of the podcast wasn't good, but I think that made this whole thing for sure worth it. If that's the only thing we got, that's <laughs> perfect. Um, well, dude, I appreciate your time. And, uh, this has been just over an hour. Um, I've been trying to shorten these a little bit. It's not working. How long do you usually go for lately? Uh, I mean, historically we've gone anywhere from like an hour and a half to two hours in in an episode. So this, this is shorter than some of them, but I'm trying to get down to like 45 minutes and I 45 is usually what I try to hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. I get so interested in things and then I just want to keep talking, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I appreciate your time, man. Um, and this, this episode was a long time coming. We've been talking about this for a while, so I'm glad we finally got to do it. Yes. Thank you for having Um, me. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, tell us, uh, where, where everyone can find you online, um, where they can find the stuff you're doing, uh, like how to reach out if they want to reach out all that good stuff. Yeah. At John Ders FPT, J O N D E R S FPT on Twitter and Instagram and uh, forward past thinking audio content on Apple podcasts and pretty much anywhere you get your podcast from. And then I owe you an interview also pretty much on anywhere where you get podcasts from. And if you're a fantasy guy, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but I just wrote a, what if Russell Wilson is moved to the giants piece for climb the pocket, which is a fantasy football website. So go check that out too. Sweet. Um, I'll put links and stuff in the description too. So people can find you easily, but cool, cool, cool. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again, Um, and ladies and gentlemen and uh, humans of Earth, uh, thank you for listening to this episode, and until next week, be good to each other.